Today we are in week three of our series, Fear, What Are You Afraid Of? So far we've covered the fear of failure, and last week Pastor Steve preached on the fear of loss. If you haven't heard those, those are great messages to listen to about being free from different types of fear. So I encourage you, go to the website. Also, you can click on there and get on the podcast instead and uh, follow that way as well. Today we're looking at the fear of rejection. And that is a thing, rejection is a thing we all feel to some degree, isn't it? Uh, especially in our world today, as Pastor Steve was mentioning earlier, uh, the way the culture is, really, uh, it's, it's a negative culture. And so it kind of encourages rejection, doesn't it? Uh, it encourages you to reject someone so you feel better, right? Win-lose. Uh, or maybe post something on your Facebook or Instagram that rejects another person so you get a lot of likes, you know, that seems to be the culture of the day. So when I say the word rejection, what comes to your mind? Group question here. Not good enough? Not enough? Lack of acceptance. Not getting a job. Not getting a job, yeah. There's all different kinds of rejection. Uh, uh, jobs, how about in dating? Is there a rejection in dating? <laughs> uh, business dealings. Sorry to say, but sometimes even in marriages. Uh, peer pressure involves rejection. Bullying re involves rejection. The list could go on for a long time, couldn't it? Uh, sometimes we're rejected for who we are, which is really sad. Uh, rejected for our looks, for our faith, for how we dress, maybe for the car we drive. I mean, there's all different areas you can face rejection in. So here's another group question. Can people avoid rejection? Could, could you like try really hard and avoid rejection? No. no. That is a sad thing, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. You wouldn't go anywhere. You'd just be hiding all the time. Because even wealthy, good-looking, and popular people deal with rejection. Everyone deals with rejection. So what is fear of rejection? Well, according to a mental health site, which I like to go on, you know, online and just see what the professionals are saying about these things, uh, fear of rejection is a powerful fear. And they said just like most people would feel nervous about being in a situation that could lead to rejection, like for instance a job interview, um, you'd feel a little nervous about it. The problem is when it becomes the fear of rejection because that then becomes crippling. It keeps someone from living their lives fully, uh, tends to worsen over time, and gradually takes over every aspect of the sufferer's life. That's fear of rejection. So. We're going to talk about how that fear manifests in people's lives. It could be that they have trouble speaking, uh, trouble uh, being themselves. They live behind a mask. Or maybe they live a carefully scripted and very controlled life. Perfectionism. They can't say no. These are not maybe in all, uh, all in one person, but these are aspects that different people would deal with. Avoiding confrontation shutting down their own needs and not trying to meet any of their own needs, but always trying to make other people feel good. 
uh, feeling paralyzed, or unable to achieve their full potential. These are all ways that fear of rejection can manifest. And it can be a self-fulfilling prophecy because if we think so strongly that we're going to be rejected, we actually behave in a way that will then draw people to reject us. So question, what do you think causes that fear of rejection in people? Where does it start? Childhood. Childhood. Yeah. Yep. Society. Society. I guess a lack of uh, love. Lack of love. Lack of love as a child. And yeah. And feel somebody to uh, feel rejected, abandoned, not wanted. Yeah, lack of love, feeling abandoned and not wanted. Exactly. So today we're going to look at three kind of general categories of sources to try and answer where did this come from. One of them is generational. Emily mentioned generational stuff before, and that's things that are passed down from generation to generation. It can be alienation, it can be rejection, it can be lack of love, uh, divorce. It's in our parents and our grandparents or even further back. And what happens is these things tend to continue down the family line and they manifest in some way in every generation. In Numbers 14, 18, it talks about how things go to the third and the fourth generation. And so what you see is as sins continue through a family, they just keep coming on down through the family line. And that generational sin, what's so bad about it is maybe you yourself aren't rejecting others, but maybe you feel like you are being rejected just deep down. And uh, it creates that open door, that generational sin of rejection will create that open door for the enemy, for the devil, to mess with you and others in your family line, rejection and the fear of it. Another way that we can have a source of it is life events, like when we're children. Uh, we face rejection as children, maybe by parents or siblings, kids at school. It can also be through maybe uh, death of a loved one, divorce, employers at jobs. You ever feel rejected by a boss or a coworker? Uh, maybe even sometimes people are rejected while they're in the womb. They can sense in, the, in that pre-birth time that they are not wanted. And so uh, here's an example from the Bible of that, where a child, as it's being born, the mother gave it a name representing the birth. And so in 1 Chronicles 4, 9 and 10, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. How would you like that name, right? <laughs> Jabez cried out to the Lord of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. See, Jabez's name, because it meant I bore him in pain, it meant pain. So every time he hears his name called, he thinks of that curse that's been put on him by his mother. He thinks of that rejection, and every time she speaks to him, she reinforces that rejection of him as a child. And so when he's an adult, he realizes that this is a spiritual reality for him. This is a curse that's been put on him, and he determines that he does not any longer want to live under that curse. He wants God to set him free of that. So he calls on God and asks him, Lord, change my situation. 
I don't want to live under that curse of rejection anymore. Lord, enlarge my territory. Be with me. Keep me from evil and let me not cause pain. See, he wanted to grow up and be that kind of person that was living in God's blessing and then in turn blessing others around him by not living under the curse of rejection. And he determined that is not going to go any further than me and my family line. Our reaction to the events of our life can give us that fear of rejection. And when it's a sinful reaction like that, because that fear, that's not what God wants us to do. Even if that event was bad, if our response to it is starting to take fear on ourselves or starting to live under that curse of rejection, is that we then have done something in our lives that is not what God wants us to do with that. And so that becomes like a sinful response because that, if we live in that, we're allowing the devil to control us. We're allowing him to tell us how we should react to what's happening to us by other people. So... Generational sources, life event sources, and then personal choices. We can become snared by that spirit of rejection by the choices we make. And if we choose to believe that lie of the enemy, that we are rejected, that we're not good enough, that we're not loved, you know, all those things that we talk about when we talk ab about rejection, if we choose to believe that for ourselves and the enemy tells us that's who you are and we say, I guess that's who I am, we're believing that lie. And that becomes then a personal choice to agree with that fear of rejection. So where did this all start? Well, when we look back in Genesis, Genesis 3, it started pretty much right away in the Garden of Eden. Let's read Genesis 3, verses 6 through 13. You can read your Bible or read along with me uh, with what's on the wall here. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were open and they realized they were naked so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God walking among the trees of the garden. But God called to the man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he, God, said, Who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? And the woman said, Well, the serpent deceived me and I ate it. So we see the serpent came and told Adam and Eve, that's the man and his wife, the man and the woman, told them, if they ate from this tree, they'd be like God. He twisted God's word and told them about this so they would want to do it. And so what you have here are some types of rejection starting in this passage. Uh, the lies of the serpent. They thought they needed to be like God, so they obviously felt like they weren't good enough like they were. They were, they were fearing rejection by God, and they were rejecting themselves, so they said, yeah, we better do this. They didn't measure up. So they ate what the serpent said would be good for them, the fruit that God had said, do not eat that. 
That's the one thing you can't do. You can do anything else. You can eat any other fruit, any other vegetable. Don't eat this. And they thought, well, he's holding out on me. I got to eat that. And so they rejected God's word. They rejected his plan for them. That's rejecting him. That's rejecting God. So they ate the fruit. They became aware of the good and evil, and they were ashamed. It said they sewed coverings out of fig leaves. And prior to this, they were covered in the glory of God. They, they felt great about how they were. And all of a sudden, they become aware of, of something that's different because the glory of God is not on them anymore. And they felt like they no longer uh, could walk around like this. They had to create a covering to hide their shame. And it's, it's like a mask, you know, when you cover up who you are. It's, it's covering who you really are. It becomes a mask over you. And like people today, when they're fearing rejection, they, they don't want to, people to know who they are, really, you know? They cover over who they really are with a, with a facade, with a mask. And they pretend to be something they're not. They pretend to be what you think they should be or what they think others want them to be. And they project what they think they should be and thereby reject who God created them to be. They reject themselves. And they live in the fear that someone's going to find out who they really are and reject them. Adam and Eve then hid themselves from God. See, that's the thing with stuff like that is it isolates us. The plan of the devil is to isolate us so we aren't around what we really need. And when people feel they're not measuring up to what others want them to be or what others think uh, they should be, what the popular thing is, they hide who they are, and that isolates themselves because they're never really connecting with other people with their real self. They're connecting with a facade, and they're never letting people get in. They build walls around themselves to look like who they think they should be, not who they really are. That's a form of self-rejection. Adam and Eve were afraid of seeing God. They feared that God would reject them. They thought, he can't, he can't want to be with us now. We're not like we were. They rejected his word. And what happened there by rejecting God's word and rejecting being with God, they actually were keeping themselves from the number one relationship they needed, the relationship with God. The power of God is what we need to set us free from fear. And then... We see even more. You know, Adam rejected his wife. She made me do it. Okay. He rejected her. And then the woman blamed the serpent. This is all rejection of others. And rejection, this is a horrible thing. We do not want rejection in our lives because it divides relationships, it divides homes, it divides churches, and it divides nations. All these things about our, are about our past. And so about your past, you can't change what happened. It already is past. But listen, you can choose what your future is going to look like. You can choose to overcome that spirit of rejection, that fear of rejection, and not let it overwhelm you, not let it overcome you, not let the devil dictate to you a lie and believe the lie and live in something less than what God created you to be. Fear of rejection builds walls around us and keeps us from others. 
And when we have this fear of rejection due to generational influences, due to life events, due to personal choices, and we allow that to overwhelm us, it keeps us from being who God created us to be. It keeps us isolated and it keeps us living less than. At some point growing up, for that to be affecting us, we've agreed with the lie of the enemy. And we've accepted that fear. But listen, God does not want us to live under the power of that fear, under the power of the devil. In Romans 8, 2, it says, Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit, who gives life, has set you free from the law of sin and death. Everything we were singing in worship today talked about being free, talked about breaking off those chains. And that's because of what Jesus Christ did for us. And the law of the Spirit, not the law of sin and death, the law of the Spirit gives life, it gives freedom, it gives us the ability to walk away from that when we ask Jesus Christ to take that off of us, to walk free of all of those attacks of the enemy. When we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, the power of the blood of the cross of Jesus can not only forgive our sins, it does, it forgives our sins, it's not only that, but it also moves us from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light, from the dominion of darkness to the kingdom of light. Thursday night Bible study, we were talking about that very thing. In Colossians 1, verses 12 through 14, it says, giving joyful thanks to the Father, who has qualified you. You don't have to qualify yourself. He has qualified you when you accept him as Savior to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. See, rejection, that is not part of the kingdom of light. That is not part of God's kingdom. God loved you so much that he sent Jesus Christ to die for your sins and to rescue you, according to this verse, to rescue you from the dominion of darkness and bring you into the kingdom of light. He loved you so much, he did that for you. And it tells us in Isaiah 41 that he chose you. This is God speaking to us saying, I took you from the ends of the earth, from its farthest corners, I called you. I said, you are my servant. I have chosen you and not rejected you. How cool is that to know that the God who created the heavens and the earth, the whole universe, chose you, chose me, and didn't reject us. He wants us to be part of his family. He want, that's why he sent Jesus Christ. He wants us to accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. So we are part of the family of God. We can live in that freedom. We can live in that love. We can live knowing that he has called us personally. Jesus Christ knows about rejection. He dealt with it. When you read the New Testament, read the scriptures about him, I mean, it was a daily thing for him, it sounds like, right? Mm -hmm. He knows what it's like, but he triumphed over it. 
over sin and hell. And as the son of God, he has power over the enemy. And so when we're followers of Jesus, we can walk in that power of God. We don't have to live as victims. We can live as victorious, as triumphant, because we are living, following Jesus Christ, walking in that victory. John 1, 11 and 12 says, He, meaning Jesus, came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. See, Jesus, he's not a rejecter. He's a receiver. He wants to receive all of us as children of God when we come to him and follow him. He never rejects anybody that comes to him. You don't have to worry. No matter what your family situation might have been like, no matter what you dealt with growing up, God will not reject you. When you come to God, he says, welcome to the family of God. Experience my love. He doesn't reject you. He loves you. And like that one song we sang, his love casts out fear. Jesus receives you just as you are, too. You don't have to, like, fix yourself up before you come to him. I don't know that I could ever fix myself up good enough to have God accept me. According to the word of God, I couldn't do it. And so, thank goodness, we just come as we are and we receive what he has for us. We become followers of Jesus Christ and, and walk in that freedom and that love. So if you are dealing with rejection and the fear of rejection, there's some things you can do to deal with it. The, the question would be, well, what do we do about it? Well, the first thing is pray. When you recognize that the devil's trying to put you into a position of fear, cry out to God. Cry out to him and ask him for help. Turn over that attack of the enemy to the blood of the cross of Jesus Christ. And tell God that you don't want that spirit of fear. You don't want that uh, fear of rejection. And that you break any agreement with it, any lie of the enemy that's been telling you about that, that you need to be fearful of rejection. Just ask God to, that, to wash that off of you. Say you break any agreement with it. Lord God, just wash that off of me by the power of the blood of Jesus. And then ask God to fill you with his Holy Spirit, to give you the power and the strength to get through this. He can protect you from attacks, the Lord can. And uh, it, here's another good thing, to have a verse ready to speak over yourself in your situation. And that's the second thing. First, we pray, and then two, depend on and trust in God's word. The devil's a liar. The devil is a liar. He lied to Adam and Eve back then and told them a big lie. He distorts the word of God to us. He makes you question God and believe that God really won't even totally accept you. And if you, if you fall in sin, you know, fall in spiritually, sin, uh, while you're following Jesus, sometimes he'll tell you, you know, whoops, you blew it now. Too bad for you. Well, that's not the truth. God says he wants us to come to him to, yeah, repent of what we did and, and turn away from it. But God doesn't not like you anymore or not love you anymore. He wants you to be with him, following him, even when you fall short. When Jesus was in the wilderness and the devil attacked him, how did he answer back? With scripture. That was his go-to weapon in that spiritual attack. 
and it should be our weapon of choice too for the battles that we face. So speak scripture over yourself when you're attacked by fear, when you're attacked by fear of rejection, whatever it is the enemy's using against you, use the word of God and speak it over yourself. Like in Isaiah 41.9, like we were talking about before, just say, I am your servant, Lord God. Jesus, you have chosen me and not rejected me. This is a lie of the enemy. I don't want anything to do with that. Instead, Lord, fill me with your love, your peace, your joy. Fill me up, Holy Spirit, and give me the strength. And then you can say, and anyway, God, you said you've not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Claim that verse, because God didn't say that just because it was nice stuff to say. He gave us his word so he would have the power and the strength when we read that and claim that over our lives and allow the Holy Spirit to apply it to us, that we have something we can get through all this stuff with. It's our spiritual food. You want to be reading it daily and say, okay, I read this passage today. What verse in there speaks to me? And sometimes it's like when you're reading it, you know, like the, it's like the Holy Spirit just highlights that to you and you're reading that verse and you think, wow, that is so cool. Well, write it down and use that then when you're facing a situation that that verse can help you get through. God's word's powerful and active, it tells us. And it's like a two-edged sword, meaning it, you know, slices both ways, right? It, it's powerful this way and it's powerful that way. It's powerful everywhere. And so we can apply that to our lives and we can say, God, Accomplish what your word says today in my life. So pray, depend on and trust in God's word. And third, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus Christ. Jesus is the source of everything we need. He loves us. He accepts us. So when the world around us is less than that and in chaos, everyone fighting, social media attacks, people saying ugly things about each other, I mean... It's a mess out there. I just want to let you know if you hadn't realized that. But listen, if we focus on that, our lives are going to be a mess too. I don't deny what's going on around me. I'm well aware of what's going on around me. But that is not my focus. That should not be our focus. Our eyes need to be on Jesus Christ. And I need to ask Jesus daily, how do you see this, Lord God? Give me your vision. Give me your wisdom to see it as you see it. And then I can ask Jesus to rescue me from all of that stuff too. Like we read just a little bit ago in Colossians 1.13, for he has rescued us. He's rescued us. I mean, it's wonderful when you think he, it doesn't mean he just rescued you from a little bit. It's from the whole dominion of darkness, okay? So all of the attacks that the enemy wants to use against you, when you are following Jesus Christ and hanging on to his hand spiritually, he's rescued you from the dominion of darkness, meaning it has no authority over you in your life unless you say, okay, I believe that lie. Unless you give the enemy permission to mess with you, as long as you say, God, take that off of me, get me through this tough situation, the darkness has no dominion over you. The enemy has no way to get you to believe that lie if you don't want to believe it, if you don't want to receive it. So instead, 
Allow Jesus Christ to rescue you from that dominion of darkness and bring you into the kingdom of the Son. Hebrews 12, 1, and 1 through 3 says, we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. So everything, throw off the fear of rejection. Throw off fear of failure. Throw off fear of loss. Don't allow that to entangle you. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. So perseverance doesn't mean it's easy. Perseverance means you got to hang in there, okay? I encourage you to hang in there. And then two, he says how to do it. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, Christ Jesus. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. Jump down to verse 3. It says, Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so you will not grow weary and lose heart. So when we fix our eyes on Jesus, when you look at the Greek for what does that word fix your eye on Jesus mean, it means to look away from all else and look at that. I look away from all of the things that hinder and entangle and sin, and I look at Jesus Christ. That's my spiritual focus. That's what I want to start and end the day with, that I'm fixing my eyes on Jesus Christ, because then, then I can run the race marked out for me. Then I can live the life God has for me. I can run it with perseverance. I can hang in there because I'm getting strength daily from Jesus Christ, from my time in prayer, my time in the Word, and I don't get weary and lose heart. I'm not under the control of that spirit of fear. I'm not under the control of the fear of rejection. So I need to pray. I need to trust and depend on God's word. And I need to fix my eyes on Jesus Christ. I hope you will too. Would you stand with me as we close? So we're going to pray. And we're going to get this off of us. How many want to be free of the fear of rejection? All right, amen. So let's just bow our heads and pray. And if you'd just repeat after me, Dear Lord God, I believe you died and rose from the dead. And you've saved me from my sins. Jesus, forgive me of believing any lies of the enemy. It is my will that the walls of rejection come down in my life. In the name of Jesus, I repent of allowing rejection to have any power in my life and of seeing myself as a victim. I choose this day to love myself and start seeing myself as you see me, Jesus, I'm a child of God. So either son or daughter, I'm a son or a daughter of God. I repent of trying to be like others and squelching my own personality. I renounce any connection with a spirit of rejection. I break agreement and fellowship with that spirit of rejection, any spirit of fear, and I submit it to the cross.
of Jesus Christ. Wash it off of me, Lord God. By the power of the blood of Jesus, remove from my mind the lies of the enemy and fill it with your truth, Lord God. Now fill me up with the Holy Spirit. Help me to walk in victory as I feel, follow you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. In your mighty name. Amen. Lord God, we just thank you that we can walk victorious following you. That, Lord, you don't desire us to walk in a fear of rejection. That we know we can walk confidently following you, Lord God, because you have created us to be who we are. That we can fully live that out. Lord, remove off of us the lies of the enemy that that's not good enough, that's not enough for someone else, that we're not loved, that we're not welcome. Lord, just remove all of that off of us and instead, Lord, help us stand in victory in Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you that you desired to have that relationship with us. You loved us so much. You sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. And when he rose from the dead, he was triumphant over any sin, any power of the enemy. And Lord God, that you, when we re uh, have relationship with him, you welcome us into your family. You love us, you receive us. Lord, help us get that into the deep parts of a core of who we are, of how much you love us and how you see us and what you've created us to be and help us to walk that out. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.